there. Can I take your order? Yeah. I'll have the movie soup. You're listening to Movie Soup with Seth and Nick, and today, Madeline, Madeline, hey, what's up? Madeline. Hi. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank uh, you. It's good to be here. Exactly. Madeline, mm-hmm. for any of our listeners who may not be super acquainted with you, your life, or your work, <laughs> give us a give us the quick uh, who are? Uh, give us a quick Madeline Cook summary. Um we went to school together Thanks. in Stevens Point. That's my connection to the show. Um and I love movies. And, and after- that's all <laughs> Yeah. That's it. Sorry, That's all you need. <laughs> I have a BFA and I like movies. Perfect. <laughs> yes. That's the, that's the gist, man. That's, that's the, my whole those life. Those are the prerequisites for <laughs> the, being a guest on the show. Those are my two defining characteristics. Excellent. Madeline, what, where are you, first of all, where are you calling us from? I am calling from sunny Los Angeles. And how is sunny Los Angeles? Oh, yeah. It's sunny, baby. <laughs> it, it is sunny. Is. I can confirm it's sunny. Well, it is yeah. 86 and cloudy over here at NYC. Ooh. And I'm loving every minute of it. Loving every minute of yeah. it. Yeah. And you guys have the crazy humidity when you get heat, too. That's so true. I do. I was just at a work training, and a dude, we walked out of the facility together, and the guy who was training me was like, ugh. I love this humidity. And I was like, you're a sociopath. You're crazy. <laughs> I bet he loves it even more when he goes down into the trains. Probably. He said, I wish it was as humid as Texas. <laughs> what a little weirdo. <laughs> Listeners, this is a bit of a return to form for Movie Soup. We're back on uh, a, a Movie Soup proper, as yeah. Nick has referred to it as. No more Movie Soup of the day. Only Movie Soup proper. At least not mm-hmm. for, for a moment here. <laughs> We're back. Uh, and Madeline, what are we watching? What did we watch for uh, today's episode? We watched Zoolander. <laughs> we sure did. 2001. <laughs> Directed by who, Seth? It was Ben Stiller. Wow, Ben Stiller. <laughs> is this, this isn't the first thing that Ben Stiller directed, is it? I don't believe so. <laughs> be a crazy thing to be like directorial debut and all star. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, <laughs> all right, listener. Uh, so this is the part where I vamp while I watch two people Google. <laughs> if this is <laughs> I'm curious. Um, I was listener. like, is that the first thing? I know he had his own show. Oh, he directed the cable guy. Oh, that's so my true. Gosh. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Yeah, he directed the cable guy. And OK, there's something about Mary, which was 98. Ah, uh, Yes. Okay. So he wow, had those two under his belt. And then he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to direct and star in this movie where I make, <laughs> I'm going to make the same joke. We're going to make a lot of the same joke. <laughs> but it's going to, but it's going to, that makes it easier to direct because I know what the joke is. Exactly. Uh, and I guess that's a great spot to sort of jump off, jump in. But uh, what, like, what's the relationship to Ben Stiller, I guess, before we start talking about like Zoolander as a film? Yeah, Madeline, how are you personally related to Ben Stiller? Let me take your temperature on Ben Stiller really quick here. 98 degrees. I like Ben Stiller. (laughs) That's a fact. I don't like, like, everything that he's ever made. I'm actually not a huge fan of There's Something About Mary. I know a lot of people are, like, 
obsessed with that movie, but I never really understood it. Um, mm-hmm. I like the recent turn that he's taken into directing dramatic stuff. Um, he directed this mini series that I loved called Escape at Dannemora, um, mm. which is about the 2012 prison break in like Pennsylvania or New York or something. And it was like a really good mini series. And then at the end I was like, Oh shit, that whole thing was directed by Ben Stiller. <laughs> I didn't even a, notice. Is it a straight drama? Yeah. Straight drama. And wow. He's doing severance. Or he did Severance, right? Yeah, yes. I think so, yeah. Which, I mean, I had not uh, even heard of Escape from Dannemora, so I'm very intrigued by that. I mean, seeing Ben Stiller's name on on Severance, you know, it was a little bit of a... I mean, I feel like a lot of, a lot of like... The Meet the Fockers guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like, as a lot of people did, I had to do a bit of a double take. Because yeah. it's not something that I was expecting. Because I was yeah, still thinking of Zoolander. Yeah, he's taken like a huge pivot. And the the one other thing that I'll say about his career is that um, his sketch show um, back in the 90s, I, have, I haven't really seen any of it, um, but I've seen like one or two clips and it's a pretty solid sketch show. Like um, he got his start doing sketch like that. And it's it's really good comedy that kind of that holds up, I think. Um, yeah. And I think you can yeah. you can feel that in something like Zoolander. Is I Ben would say. Stiller an SNL alum, or did he skip it and just do his own sketch show? Am I going to keep asking trivia questions about Ben Stiller that no one knows the answer to? <laughs> I don't think he was involved. I don't with believe so. SNL. I know he's like hosted SNL. Yeah, but I like maybe he's not an alum. Oh, listen to this. He. Oh, he was a featured performer and left oh. after four episodes. So basically he made short comedic films. I'm reading on his Wikipedia right now. <laughs> <laughs> he made a couple comedic shorts huh. and some of them got aired on SNL like they did in the old days with like, you know, the Al Franken shit or whatever, where they would just air like a short by somebody who wasn't really on the show. So mm. I guess they brought him on for like half a season to make more shorts. And then he was like, I don't like this and left. I kind of wish they oh. still did that. Like Me the, too. Yeah, that would be cool. A little yeah, more everything's, variety. Everything's yeah. got to be in house now. That way they can control everything. They don't make them like they used to. Nick. Hey, they don't make them like they used to. And you know what's a movie that's not? But they, they don't. <laughs> they don't make anymore. Zoolander, except for Zoolander two. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Madeline, why don't you give us the rundown? What's the large? Oh wait, sorry. Let me run it back. Seth. Mm-hmm. Seth D. Barnes. Yeah. Uh, Seth, what's your relationship to like Ben Stiller and his portfolio? <laughs> uh, I you love him. I don't. I don't love the man. Whoa! Uh, but like, <sighs> I I don't have. I, I have no hate in my heart for Ben Stiller because um, you're in love with him. Wrong. Uh, I think that there are a lot of. I, ben Stiller has always been a bit hit or miss for me, and I think it's always been a little bit more miss. Um, I Name think a, it's just a lot of the same. It's a lot of the sort of like 2000s comedies sure. starring Ben Stiller with like, Owen you got Owen Wilson, you got Will Ferrell, you got Vince Vaughn, and they're all like mm-hmm. churning out these 2000s, I keep calling them 2000s comedies because they are 2000s comedies. They are. But I have like a real, I don't know, that, that kind of film has just never quite hit the spot for me. Something like Wedding Crashers, Zoolander. What are more things that I'm thinking of, Madeline? Well, there was another... Um Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller. They did Starsky and Hutch together. Starsky and Hutch I also never hit for me. Something like yeah. 
What's the other? Blades of Glory, I think, is one. Oh, wow. <laughs> that one comes to mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and I think... Not even, like, the bigger ones, like Dodgeball or... No, yeah. I think the one... The, the, the thing that I think most fondly on with Ben Stiller is probably something like Meet the Parents mm. uh, and Meet the Fockers, I think, has always, like... Just been the not one, little fuckers. Not the, he. It really. I will say it, it. It fell off a little bit with little fuckers. I have to say, um, in my personal opinion. Uh, but that's just the one. Uh, the one Ben Stiller movie that's kind of like always had a place in my heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Really. What about you, Nick? Uh, the one that comes to mind for me is like Night at the Museum. Oh yeah, and mm. Night at the Museum. I totally forgot about that. Probably one, one mm-hmm. of on the spectrum of. Ben Stiller movies that like he stars in it's on like the the good end of it for me I really like that movie mm-hmm. um also like Robin Williams is Teddy Roosevelt kind of in watching that yeah. movie you wonder why it took so long for him to play Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> yeah for real um, he's like a dead ringer he's a dead ringer um but that's kind of my uh experience with Ben Stiller I remember around the time that the Secret Life of Walter Mitty movie was coming out. We were reading that in that like short story when I was in English class. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's going to be Ben Stiller. This is a sad short story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I did not watch that movie. So that's me. Um, um, but- speaking of that, this is random, but do you guys play Framed? Framed? Yeah. No. I've heard of that. You guys it's would framed. like it. It's, it's Wordle, but movies. And they give you six screen caps, hardest to easiest, and you have to guess the movie in six screen caps. Mm. Um, and the reason that I thought of it, spoiler, today's was Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which was just so funny to me because I saw that movie in theaters. I haven't thought of it in a million years. It was like a mediocre, fine movie. Mm-hmm. And so for it to be featured, like, really punched me back into, what, 2010, whenever that movie came out. Yeah. That was my call it my freshman year roommate's uh, favorite movie. Wow, <laughs> we I was like it was like day one, and I was like, "What's your favorite movie, man?" He was like, "Secret, Secret Life, Life of Walter." Walter. <laughs> hey, Fire that, that up any time of the day. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Seth's college roommate. He's a cool guy. Moving on. Mm, moving uh, on. Let's talk. Jesus let's creepers. talk about Zoolander. That's what we're here mm-hmm. to discuss, and we're gonna get into the weeds on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Madeline, would you be so kind as to give us a one hundred word or, words or less summary of the movie Zoolander, two thousand? Yes, Zoolander is a satirical movie about the modeling and fashion industry, in which vapid male model Derek Zoolander is brainwashed into killing a political leader (laughs) (laughs) so that the fashion industry can keep using child labor. Heavy stuff on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy stuff. It's easy to forget between all the blue steel that was the plot, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, Yeah. What a kid! That was actually really well put, Madeline. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was very succinct. Loved it. Um, Thank ten you. out of ten. Probably the best summary of a film <laughs> we've had on this show. Probably the one that has the least tangents in it. Um, <laughs> I think for me, Zoolander is one of those movies that is it's just like glued to Ben Stiller in the same way that like Anchorman is glued to Will Ferrell in the same mm-hmm. way that Forty Year Old Virgin is glued to Steve Carell. 
it's like these it's not necessarily a breakout performance because obviously these actors were working before these movies and they've continued and they've continued to work since yeah. but it's one of those movies that has it's like the 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 effect that it has is it's not um not replaceable uh what's that duplicatable i guess you can't they can't recreate that spark even with mm-hmm. stuff like zoolander 2 or for jim carrey uh like dumb and dumber 2 isn't that dumb and dumber anyway i think um, it's dumb and dumber 2 <laughs> to i believe oh. is the actual title of that film yeah or is it t-o-o no i think it's t-o okay um yeah uh seth madeline madeline seth yeah what did you guys think of zoolander upon a rewatch it's been what 21 years since this movie came out yeah i think (sighs) all right we touched on it we touched on it very briefly before we started recording um that uh the madeline loves this movie that that i was a little lukewarm on zoolander i think and that kind of ties back to what i touched on earlier of just sort of like this this kind of 2000s comedy movie has never really hit for me and i think part of it is maybe you know there are definitely parts of it that haven't aged super well and i think that maybe turns me off of it a little bit Mm-hmm. And I think it also kind of goes back to, to me, it seems almost like a bit of a sort of like maybe even like the writing process was a was a bit of a whiteboard for me, I guess. Is it sort of like scenes that were written down on a whiteboard that would be funny and mm-hmm. then were tied together after the fact with a mm-hmm. plot that involves a male model being brainwashed into murdering the prime minister of malaysia and i think on paper that sounds that sounds Funny. hilarious yeah <laughs> uh talk to me about uh talk to me about zoolander madeline what's what trips your trigger about zoolander um i think the biggest component for me is that i watched it for the first time at like the right age to watch something like mm, that for sure mm-hmm. um and so it became like a favorite of mine when I was young. And honestly, it, it's just still it really hits for me. And a lot of that is I love trope-based comedy. Like mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies ever is What Hot American Summer. And that's all just like taking tropes and making fun of them. Um, and... I think there's a lot of that in Zoolander. Number, you have the main trope of it all, which is a comedy version of like the Manchurian Candidate. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, what if we took that super serious movie and made fun of it? Mm-hmm. And then um, another trope in it that I love is um, the soft son has a hard coal mining <laughs> father. <laughs> Who has Who's, the same haircut as him? Yes, all yeah. the all the family that does. That is really funny. And I, I do. Yeah. Sorry, continue. No, I, I was just gonna say, like, my dad made me watch the movie October Sky like every month when I was a kid, oh. and that's that trope. That's like soft artistic son mm-hmm. and hard coal mining father who's like, <laughs> "You'll never be nothing. <laughs> You're nothing to me." And yeah, just the fact that it is, in fact, John Voight. Uh, <laughs> and John, so John, so much funnier. John Voight, 
Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn. and Judah and Judah Friedlander <laughs> are the family. <laughs> yeah. Vince Vaughn is in this movie, this Ben Stiller movie. Vince Vaughn is in it, and he speaks not one word. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is like. I think what the uh, I was having most fun with this movie. I think where when. It was I was completely caught off guard by a casting choice, and just because yes. like he's this very famous like public figure, Zoolander, you know oh, you man. have to uh, you have to like give a little weight to that and have him meet famous people and talk yeah. with yes. famous people, and you have him run into Natalie Portman and Winona Ryder and Billy Zane and David Bowie and also James Marsden is there, but he's not playing himself. I don't think I Fabio <laughs> is in it. G- Cuba Gooding mm-hmm. Jr. is in it. Donald Trump is in it, which yeah. like before everything <laughs> weird mm-hmm. to see Donald Trump in movies now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the Northman is in this movie. Seth. Freaking, <laughs> he's not playing himself, but I was way caught off guard when uh, our voice, Mr. Skarsgård yeah. rolled in. <laughs> um, I love that. Gwen Stefani is in this movie only yeah. in the shot when she's sitting next to Hansel during the award show. The people, so. you're right. The people that they brought in just for a one second sight gag mm-hmm. is so funny. And that's, yeah. And I think that, I don't know that it necessarily is, uh, it, <laughs> I don't know that it, that's necessarily evidence of like, maybe not love and care crafted into the movie, <laughs> but maybe, but like it, it definitely is something that, I really appreciate about the production for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, did you have anything you wanted to touch on before we get in? Uh, a, s- talk through things that we liked specifically about the plot or jumping into our categories. Yeah, let me get into it a little bit. Talk uh, to me. As is per. Uh, I really thought the cameo section that in order of appearance went Trump, Cuba Gooding Jr., Natalie Portman, and Fabio. Was it's just like so 2001 to see <laughs> Fabio anymore and uh-huh. like look at him and you're like, that's Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the 2001 of it all is so funny to me. I love that. Uh, Derek Zoolander to me, uh, upon a rewatch, I also watched this. I was probably a little old for the demographic of the movie at the time that I watched it. Well, maybe not, but I had like friends who were a little older than I was who were like, you haven't seen Zoolander. And it was one of those situations where I had to watch (laughs) like their favorite movie. And, uh, so I checked it out. And at the time I remember really liking it. And upon a rewatch, uh, the thing that hit me was that Derek Zoolander as a character seemed like how Coneheads got their own movie based off of the SNL sketch. Mm -hmm. Like this, character was originally definitely the just the blue steel joke like at one point (laughs) that was the conception of it Mm -hmm. and then it exploded out into like the whole movie Mm -hmm. and that's what what kind of raises in me like was ben stiller ever on snl like he has his start in sketch comedy so like that makes a lot of sense this is like a 10 minute sketch character that is a whole like hour and a half movie (laughs) i totally see that which is why he has a lot of characters around him doing other stuff. For you sure. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not like, he is our protagonist, but he's not like everything to the movie. Also, this has bothered me. Uh, Derek Zoolander claims to not be able to turn left. He does it a million times in the movie. <laughs> he does it a million times. And uh, it's like the, 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 the pinnacle of the movie is him turning left to do uh-huh. um, Magnum. <laughs> His like mm-hmm. ultimate look that stops shurikens in the air. And he did it already. <laughs> yeah. It's like his character arc. 
yeah. that he can't turn left, which is a, a pretty pretty <laughs> measly change in terms of character growth. <laughs> it's a beat that <laughs> it's a beat that like is addressed really shallowly. He's like, <laughs> Maury, you know I can't turn left, <laughs> and then. It's like two hours later, not two hours later. It's like 45 minutes later and you're like, oh, he turned left. Yeah. Um, and you never see him like working on trying no. to turn left. There's there's truly like the first conversation he has with Maury. The second conversation he has with Matilda in the car yeah. where she's like, it's okay. And then other than that, it's never something that is addressed again or. He doesn't really yeah. struggle through yeah. it. Yeah. He's not like the dude who can't figure out his left from right. Although you'd buy it. He yeah. wants to name his school for illiterate children, the Derek Zoolander uh, <laughs> school for kids who can't read good. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Derek um, Zoolander center for kids who can't read good and want to learn to do, do other things good too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Truly. Um, uh, Nick, when you mentioned um, sort of Derek Zoolander really like, needing a lot of these other characters in the movie to sort of like just fill out the plot uh i guess something that occurred to me while watching this movie and i wanted to ask you guys about is like when i think back on this movie like before i had rewatched it i remembered will ferrell being in a lot more of it Mm -hmm. uh i really truly thought that he was in like half this movie and he's not he's in he's got like maybe four or five scenes He's in and out. Yeah. Who got to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that really goes to show for me, like what an insane and memorable performance that he gave totally. that you, he becomes this larger than life, like camp villain. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he's like one of the main characters of that movie when really he's probably like fifth on the call sheet in terms of how <laughs> often he's in the actual movie. Yeah. Yeah. He and but, Owen Wilson are probably in it about a comparable amount. You know, mm-hmm. and even I would say Owen, even more, more for Owen Wilson, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, I think of, I mean, probably like of the actors in that movie, I would probably say that Will Ferrell is like the one that I would like go out of my way to see in a movie, the most maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like the biggest draw for sure. Yeah, wow. uh, you would take a risk on a movie that you think doesn't really look that good if he was in it. Yeah. That's Seth's how always I feel turning too. to me and going, Nick, I really wish there were more Will Ferrell movies. <laughs> I, I mean, kind of. I don't know. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe that. I You're speaking don't. about a guy who is in so many of the movies that you just finished talking about how you did not like them. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, no, that's true. And I'm. that's what I'm saying, though, is like. But I like Will Ferrell. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, like within, within that group of actors, mm. he's the one that I'm taking the biggest risk on. If he's uh. in a different group. He's lower on the list. Mm. Talk to mm-hmm. me about Will Ferrell, Madeline. Um, <laughs> I love you him. Spot or anything. Um, you love him. I I love him. I think he's like really funny. I think he is definitely someone that like people our age. A lot of those movies were our childhood, not just like mm-hmm. Elf, but um, I did like Blades of Glory, <laughs> especially <laughs> when it when it Seth. like came out. You just um, really sorry. go home, Seth. Jeez. <laughs> Um, uh, for some reason, I watched the movie Kicking and Screaming with him and Robert Duvall. I had that on DVD. I watched oh. it like every other day. Um, <laughs> every other day. Yeah. And then even like, um, I've actually never seen Anchorman. Whoa. Which is, for real? 
Yeah, surprising. Huh. But I've seen a lot of his other, like, weird little things that people don't really talk about anymore. I remember seeing the Land of the Lost movie that he was in. Um, I saw this this drama that he was in called Everything Must Go. I have he, seen Everything Must Go. Yeah. My, yeah, my family, like, went to see that in theaters because we were like, we love Will Ferrell. We'll see probably almost anything that he's in. But not Anchorman. No. Why I mean, haven't you gone to Anchorman? I, What's yeah, kept all you the, away? All the theatrical re-releases of Anchorman. <laughs> I think part of what it was was that a lot of those movies that I watched when I was young, um, like Zoolander and stuff that was like too old for me, um, mm-hmm. were things that my parents liked. So they mm. made me watch it. I don't think my parents liked Anchorman or like it like at all. Mm. so i have never seen it and now it's gotten to the point where i mean i'll watch it but i probably won't like it that much because it's i would have loved it when i was like 12 you're past the target demographic yeah Yeah. anchorman is very of its era and of and it and it it by extension anchorman 2 is extremely of two eras the one that anchorman is from and the one that it came out in for real Mm -hmm. which i think think is to his detriment as well yeah i think Mm. ben stiller is an anchorman too as well Briefly, yeah. He's in Anchorman 1, too. Oh. Just a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. He, he's from, I believe, the, the... One of the rival news stations. I think he's from the Mexican news news network. Oh, no. Actually. Great. Oh, Which is unfortunate. No. Um, Not Ben Stiller in Telemundo. Oh, this great. Is, I mean, we're on a... We're a bit slight, off topic. Uh, slight Anchorman tangent here. Derek Zoolander narrowly avoids death via how? Gasoline fight. Everybody, <laughs> that is also, I think, probably like that was one of the funniest parts. Easily, I think, movie. one of the most rewatchable scenes for me. I think oh, gasoline yeah. fight, like that's one of the ones where if I go down a YouTube rabbit hole, uh, you will watch like the gasoline watching fight. movie scenes that get recommended to me. The gasoline fight is definitely on that list. Funny enough, uh, the Anchorman fight from Anchorman Two also always gets recommended to me <laughs> on my YouTube holes. Oh, so sad. <laughs> I love the gasoline fight. Um, in concept and in practice. N- yeah, I love all of it. I love that it's to wake me up before you go-go. Yeah. That's hilarious in itself. I love how quickly it turns as soon as he sees the cigarette. <laughs> it's like a split second that he goes, no, and then it, everything explodes. <laughs> it, it's so unexpected. It turns so quickly. I love the callback to it at the end with the fountain that's yeah. them fighting with the gasoline. I think that's so cute. It's like... That that's, was also yeah. like peak. That callback is an excellent callback. Yes. I love yeah. that Alexander Skarsgård is in that group of models. I think... I did not notice that because I am not familiar with the scards guards at all. So I didn't know that he was one of them. He's well, like, I the, barely, or I almost missed it. Like I just caught him out of the corner of my eye and I was like, Nick, he's tell me, tell me that's not the Northman right now. That's the Northman in this movie. His name is Meekus. <laughs> Meekus. M E E K U S. Meekus. He's the one who's blending the drink and is like, yes. um, yeah. earth to so-and-so. I think you, I think you didn't know I was joking. That's iconic that that's him. I love I think that. You didn't know that I was joking. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Definitely one of the highlights for me, I think I have to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it blew me away uh, that John Voight and Vince Vaughn are on screen, and Vince Vaughn literally never speaks. <laughs> That's yep. so crazy. And I like that Jerry Stiller gets his moments as well. Yeah. 
it really yeah. um it really struck me uh how i know vince vaughn it when someone asked me who vince vaughn was and i was like he's fred claus <laughs> you know from fred claus <laughs> And not, not like, like wedding crashers you're not like rounders not or, like other movies that are better <laughs> swingers or not i've rounders, never seen fred claus seth who's I actually santa in fred I was claus swingers, sorry. swingers yeah <laughs> i really santa haven't seen any um vince Vaughn? oh paul giamatti i think yeah <laughs> yes paul giamatti yeah <laughs> which is incredible <laughs> i've never seen the movie but i know that it's paul giamatti <laughs> you should definitely check out fred claus <laughs> There's so sorry to tangent, but I just really want to make this statement that the saturation of media surrounding Santa Claus's family members uh-huh. is a more saturated pool than you would think when you state that category. Like mm-hmm. there's Fred Claus. There's another one. There's a lot of them about Santa being evil for some reason. It's just Santa guys. Leave him alone. Na- name an evil Santa movie. Evil Santa movie. Uh, well, Krampus is technically an evil Santa movie. There's another one on Netflix that stars, what's his name? He was in The Office, and he was also in Friends. Um, I always tell you his name when he's on screen. <laughs> Who is he in The Office? He's the ringer. He's the he's the really oh, good. Oh, Timothy salesman. Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, he's. I think he's playing Evil Santa in one of the Netflix Evil Santa movies. Evil, what? evil hot Santa. <laughs> evil hot Santa. Well, that's the thing is, if Santa's evil, he's also sexy. <laughs> I think Santa's evil in um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the Rankin Bass claymation, Whoa, because they I have you were that. Say the Santa Claus. No, well, doesn't he like kill somebody in the Santa he Claus? Kills Santa in the. Santa well, there Claus. you go. <laughs> he's Tim and he's Tim Allen, evil man. Conservative Santa. <laughs> but what were you saying about Santa Claus is Coming to Town? I do want to hear this in the Zoolander episode. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone knows the Rankin Bass Santa Claus is Coming to Town, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the story of Chris Kringle. Um, there's a song. It's only on the DVD version because they cut it um, whenever they show it on TV. And oh. it's. Um, it says, I hate kids and I'm gonna kill the kids. No, but it's. It goes. If you sit on my lap today, a kiss, a toy is the price you'll pay. And it's like he's getting kisses from children and then giving them gifts. And he's oh, like, man. he says, "Don't be stingy with like the kisses of these kids." If you can find it on YouTube, um, it <laughs> it's a running joke in my family. If you start humming it, my mom will get really pissed. Because it'll get in her head. And she'll be like, this is sick. I hate this song. But yeah, he's like kind of a creepy dude in you know, the uncut version. <laughs> in the, in Santa Claus is Coming to Town uncut rated R. Uh, he's creepy. You know, Madeline, I'm going to keep that in mind next time I'm at one of your family gatherings. Um, is there anything that we want to touch on before we jump in to the recipe on this specific movie? I just here? want to state the quote that is, you're more dead to me than your dead mother. <laughs> That's a classic. John Voigt gets to scream Um And uh, David Bowie, period. He's in this Legit- movie. Legitimately. Yeah. It's like every time you think that the characters might get stale on you, a new character walks in and is someone like David Bowie. And he's yes. like... I think I'll judge it if you don't mind. <laughs> and you're like, all right, David Bowie. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. What about you, Madeline? Anything else before we before we jump in? Any incredible quotes that you want to throw out? Incredible quotes. Oh, it- one of my favorite quotes 
um, from this movie um, that I, I always forget. Well, I love you, googly. Here's the thing is that I've seen this movie so many times, like truly, I've seen it a million times. And so the things that used to be my favorite quotes, like you googly or how many aboriginals do you see modeling, um, stuff like that. And now I'm into like the deeper, like tertiary quotes that I forget about mm. until I rewatch the movie. And one of the quotes is um, when they're showing the the clips on Hansel at the award show. And he's like, yes. I like base jumping. I like blah, blah, blah. And he says, uh, Sting is a big hero of mine. I don't really listen to his music, <laughs> but the fact that he makes it, I respect that. <laughs> My God. That, that is so is funny. Is it really is. Funny. All the stuff that they, his, I think truly, I think you're spot on, Nick, in that it's like they created these sketch characters and threw them into a movie, but you do get some good moments like that because the characters are so, like you understand every part of them and they're so mm-hmm. recognizable to you. Someone who would be into shaman and having a <laughs> Sherpa and all that stuff. In that same He's one, he ends that by saying something <laughs> to the tune of like, I, do I know what I'm doing today? No. Do I know what product I'm selling? No, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> You're like, yeah, right. Oh, boy, oh, yeah. boy. One that has stuck with me is when I was in school, I was the fat kid in my class. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, oh, my God. That one got yeah. a bigger laugh out of Seth and I than it deserved because it was just so, like, you don't say that to somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just they're like ew. <laughs> oh, Zoolander, you brought out a weird side in us. Uh, Seth, let's jump in the kitchen, get the recipe, huh? <laughs> let's do it. Seth, yeah. put that pot and pan down. We're filming the podcast. All right, let me quick. Let me just go find a, a, a sound sound effect really quick. Doesn't that smell great? Yeah, smells like something's something's cooking in the recipe. Mm. Mm. Delicious. Delicious. What's the recipe for comedy movies, Seth? We haven't done a comedy on the show in a while, Nick. Uh, here's what here's what we have uh, on the ingredient recipe list. Mm-hmm. I know how to cook. <laughs> you have the biggest laugh. Mm-hmm. You have the best part that made you exhale through your nose really hard. And you have the part that made you suck your teeth the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, start us off here. What's... Uh, where did you laugh the hardest? What do you think is like the peak of this movie? You know, I wrote down my answer before the movie had fully ended because I was convinced it would be my biggest laugh. The real answer for me is the callback joke with the gasoline fight water fountain. <laughs> like that really hit me. I loved that bit. I thought that was so funny. Um, but at the time, I thought it was Magnum when he actually mm. does it. Because there's so, all the reaction shots really make it for me. The fact that it's literally the same look, but <laughs> having turned from the left is, oh my God. Seeing um, Mugatu, the villain, melt at that. And then yeah. also seeing um, Matilde and Katinka, who have just been fighting, look at yep. it and almost cry. Yep. And he, and he uses that ability, Magnum, to stop a shuriken in the shape of the letter M with his with his modeling. And uh it's M and it's M for Mugatu, it's M for Magnum, you know? It's mm-hmm. it's layered. There's some it's real a, symmetry there for sure. It's deep. Yeah. Um, Madeline, what about you? What was your biggest laugh? My biggest laugh um 
it's hard because a lot of the Will Ferrell stuff really gets me and it's in really simple stuff. It's truly just the way that he says things Mm -hmm. in the very first scene when he's in total darkness and the designers are talking like normal fucking people. And Mm. then he says his first line. He's like, what? Are you kidding me? I can't do that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) the abrupt tone shift in that is always gets me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a very small moment, but when Mugatu's assistant brings him a latte that's too (laughs) foamy and then he throws it at the assistant and then they have this weird moment where they're kind of like making little faces at each other. (laughs) Yes, yes. It looks like, it's like the, and then they kiss, but then they just don't. They just like make the face like they're gonna. (laughs) Yeah, it felt like very improvised to me and very unexpected, which is why it always catches me off guard and makes me laugh. Did um, you know that foamy lattes make me farty and bloody? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then um, also, honestly, the whole scene where David Duchovny dressed up as this elderly caretaker of the cemetery <laughs> describes all the male models through history. And the funniest laugh for me there is when they're like, Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't a male model. And he says, no, but those two guys in the grassy knoll who <laughs> capped him from there sure as shit were. <laughs> and that's, isn't that where it ends up being? That's where James Marsden shows up. for. He's, uh, he's, John, he's Wilkes John Wilkes Booth. Booth. He's John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> <laughs> they probably got to pay Vince Vaughn and James Marsden as extras because they don't speak in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, those are my big ones. Yeah. Mm. What about think, you, Seth Barnes? Before I go, the one thing that I that I did remember that you brought up about just that first scene where the designers are like shrouded in shadow, I think one of the like funniest parts of the movie for me is how these these shadowy designers are making this decision to have this world leader killed i don't know it's just like these designers would never be the ones making this decision oh but in the conceit of the movie oh, it's, it's so important and it's really it really just like made me chuckle like days after watching the movie that it's these shadowy fashion designers like i'm imagining like stanley tucci from the devil wears prada <laughs> is sitting one in the <laughs> shadow there one of whom i think is i think nora dunn is one of them <laughs> Who? Nora Dunn from SNL. Oh. From like 80s SNL. Um, I'll have to look and see who all those people are, but some of them are um, It's also actual actors or designers. It's also funny to imagine. Like there's a really brief exchange where they're like, Mugatu, this has to happen. And Mugatu's like, but what about my spring line? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It, it ties them all to the world, you know? It's, it's it's all part of it. And they're like, oh, yeah, the spring. It is so um, funny to me. Like you mentioned, Seth, that, like, that's tr- in real life, like, design the designers would never be this cabal of, like, scheming people. <laughs> so many things in this movie um, hang on, like, the reality that they've created that is not true to the world at all, where there are model award shows. If there are, they're not televised, nor yeah. are they like on the front of Time magazine. Like, <laughs> nor I, do they, 
<laughs> Nor do they have two nominees for each award. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the oh world God. that they've created is so absurd that they're able to do all this shit. But when you really think about it, it's they make it seem like fashion in New York is like the thing that happens in New York and that everyone else is focused on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that's not how the world works. I don't. Yeah. And I mean, I can't speak to 2001 because I was like three years old, but mm-hmm. like. I don't think it was like that in 2001 either. Mm-hmm. Nah. But here, 21 years later, when I walk down the street, I'm like, you would never make it in the real world. The <laughs> modeling world, I mean. <laughs> I always look, I'm looking at people and I'm like, you could never be a male model. Oh, I thought that was you talking to yourself. <laughs> no, that's me looking in the mirror. Yeah, every day I start with a horrible affirmation where I tell myself that I'll never make it in the real world. <laughs> it's good to be realistic about your prospects. It hey, is you know, like I'm a so funny though because... For me, I couldn't even really name you any current models, male or mm. female. I could name yeah. you a couple of the big names from the past. Like, I know who Naomi Campbell is. I, we know Tyra Banks, Janice Dickinson. Mm-hmm. I know all this shit from America's Next Top Model. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> everyday people do not know the names of models at all. It's a worse world that we live in. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I would make the argument that is kind of uh, a little bit back and forth on that. I think there's a section of the world that still really cares about models. Mm-hmm. Um, like all of Cara Delevingne and that crew. Like, I think there's people who pay a lot of, what, not what Cara crew? Delevingne. Well, there's Her crew! That's the thing is like, I'm, I don't fall in that category. But if you go on Twitter and you look at who's trending, sometimes it'll be like the name of some model who said something about a thing. And you're like, I don't care. But yeah. we're not in the category of people who are meant to care. Because we're true. lowly trash fashion people. <laughs> <laughs> true. We'll never make it in the real world. I shop at H&M. <laughs> I'm poor. I'm always in that uni club. They have three shirts for <laughs> like 18 bucks. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> what, what can you do? Um, all right. Let's jump into the next recipe category. What made you uh, exhale through your nose the hardest, Madeline? Um, this is interesting because this is different than Biggest Laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. M- it's almost, it's like the, 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 the dark brother. The, it's yeah, wise. it's like the dark brother to, to biggest laugh. It's the other side of that coin. Dark brother. Yeah, I yeah. I took it as <laughs> I'm gonna stand by that. Things that I'm are like that. kind of funny but make me think, and oh. one of those things is the tiny cell phone gag. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so funny, but it really made me go like, huh, like. That's not a thing anymore. Like, it's so funny that we all thought back then that phones were just going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's hilarious mm-hmm. how that's taken a turn. And that's not mm-hmm. like a thing anymore that anyone thinks about phones. <laughs> yeah, now but it really kind of was. Going, yeah. Now we're kind of headed in an opposite direction where we want our phones to do things like flip again. I, yeah. saw, I saw a dude with a flip, like a flip touchscreen phone the other day. And I was like, you're not even like a real person. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do that? Yeah, it's crazy. That'll never last, I don't think. Um, Motorola Razor's back. Yeah, I've been seeing people on TikTok like getting flip phones and stuff. I'll tell you that the dude who showed me his touchscreen Motorola Razor, uh, it was like had weird creases and seams in the middle part. Mm -hmm. Uh, Almost as though (laughs) your touchscreen was not designed to be bent. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, any hoozle. My biggest <laughs> nose exhale is the David Bowie reveal. I think at that point in the movie, I was so much like, this might as well happen <laughs> that mm-hmm. I couldn't bring myself to full laugh at it. But as soon as he was like, if you, I'll do it if you don't mind. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what biggest nose exhale means to me. It's the all right moment. <laughs> For me, it was, I think, a lot of the the moments it was just Ben Stiller's whole montage in the coal mine, I think. <laughs> like, that really did it for me. Because it's like when, like when you see his, I think it's his brother move like a giant rock, and he comes up, and he's got you're the like, pebble. I bet that's going to be, he's going to have a really small rock. And, and then he has he a small rock, and you're like. And you're like. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. What a time. Uh, all right. <laughs> Madeline, Seth, Seth and Madeline. Uh, what is the part of this movie that made you suck your teeth? I think seeing Trump right off the gate was a tough one. <laughs> and then not only that. And Melania. Like having, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> really. Yeah. And to just have him him come back later yeah, on he's, my TV screen. Yeah, it's always fun. He's definitely not not in the movie. He he makes his presence in the movie. I think he Zoolander's like sitting near him at the award show. <laughs> he's definitely like in the shot of him walking up. <laughs> God. And the movie is like, yeah, Donald Trump cares about this. Yeah, he <laughs> went to this event. <laughs> He's really concerned over whether it's going to be Hansel or Derek. The only <laughs> two nominees. Yeah. Uh, Madeline, what's a part of the movie that made you suck your teeth? Um, there were a couple. Um, one of I them agree. is is a stray line calling Katinka a she-male. Don't oh. know if you caught that. Um, I didn't I catch did that the past couple times that I watched it. And then when I watched this time, I was like, Ooh, Oh, Mathilde, do you really? Pull I, that's what I, yeah. I thought Mathilde said it. She and did. I did find that like, Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. All right. And, it, and then like you watch the movie and like I mentioned before about Anchorman, it's so much a product of its time. Like mm-hmm. 50% of the jokes would ne- all the jokes that like don't land are the ones that would never be acceptable to put in a movie today. Yeah. The, um, uh, I think the whole bulimia conversation is mm-hmm. pretty yeah, rough. was another one. That's horrible. Um, uh, and then something that I didn't think was offensive, but it just made me uncomfortable and I don't think it lands anymore is when Derek is at the spa and has that sight gag with the <laughs> erection yeah. moving. Yeah. And also, did you catch who the who the person was? Uh, no, tell me. I thought it was that's, Benny Safdie. That's Andy Dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally Andy Dick. He does not speak a word, but he's done Another up in extra. prosthetics to look like this very masculine woman. <laughs> who's like doing this thing with a brush <laughs> on Derek. And it always catches me off guard that I'm like, why the fuck is Andy Dick doing this? <laughs> why is that Andy Dick? Well, it's the same know. as every other star in the movie who doesn't get to speak. <laughs> True. <laughs> but even him, it's like up. you don't recognize. Like I didn't put that together until very recently that that's Andy Dick. Mm-hmm. And like you oh, can't goodness. tell that that's him. No, you cannot. Yeah. I thought it was Benny Safdie. Um, <laughs> I think also another one that really stuck out for me was Benny Safdie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is uh, when Jerry Stiller says, look out, tushy squeeze. Mm-hmm. 
was a was a, it that one hit me like a train and then like, she Whoa. kind of laughs and goes and she's <laughs> like, oh my god maury she like and that happens it's funny. a couple of times yeah. one time it's look out tushy squeeze the other time he goes yikes tushy squeeze and you're like <laughs> stop stop <laughs> doing that yeah um for me, it was everything that we've already said, pretty much. And then they throw out the R word once, and I was like, "Don't do that! It's 2001. <laughs> Don't say that." Oh yeah. Um, and I was like, "That was not so excellent." Um, it made me suck my teeth. Uh, Seth and Madeline, do you think it's a good time to jump into our uh, ad break here? Let's do it. Let's of take course. a quick break here and right. hear from our sponsor, our extremely real sponsor. That's right. This episode of Movie Soup with Seth and Nick is brought to you in part by Coal Mines. Are we still mining coal? Why coal mines? This episode of Movie Soup with Seth and Nick is brought to you by Orange Mocha Frappuccinos. This episode of Movie Soup with Seth and Nick is brought to you by David Bowie. Oh man, they got David Bowie for this? David Bowie. You got it tuned into Movie Soup with Seth and Nick and Madeline. Uh, Seth and Nick and Madeline today, we're talking about Zoolander 2001, directed by Ben Stiller. Welcome back from the break. How are you two doing? Still great. Awesome. I feel very refreshed after that break, Nick. I do too. Mm-hmm. I'm always really glad that our sponsors, A, are different every time. They never return uh, <laughs> and are so very real. Uh, Seth, Madeline, Madeline, Seth, what are we What are we talking about right now? Uh, we're into the next segment of the show here. Uh, we've been chatting at length about uh, Zoolander and uh, other Zoolander. related topics. And we're about to get into a little segment I like to call In the Kitchen with Seth. It's got some fun stuff in there, I'll tell you. You know what I got cooking up today? Seth, I can smell that stuff. What's that smell? Uh, it's some super awesome fun facts about the production and other stuff mm. on this film. It smells like orange and mocha and coffee. <laughs> and gasoline. It smells a little bit like gasoline. <laughs> Seth, get that gasoline out of our kitchen. Madeline, it's funny you should bring up Andy Dick uh, because... <laughs> The part of Mugatu was originally written for Andy Dick, uh, who no. couldn't play it due to his commitments to Go Fish, which also came out in 2001, which Thank huge bummer God. for Andy Dick. Yeah, everybody saw But Go ultimately Fish. good for the movie, oh, if I course. may put that forward. <laughs> no, I have to agree with you there, but uh, bummer for Andy Dick, I'm sure. Yeah. How fun is that? It's That's interesting, too, because 2001... I mean, obviously, Will Ferrell was doing stuff before 2001, right? But he's, his star is, like, on the rise in 2001, mm-hmm. which is cool. So, like, this is definitely one of those roles. Obviously, we've talked about it being memorable, but it kind of pushes him forward in his career and wouldn't have had it if Andy Dick would have been like, I'm not going to go be in Go Fish, a movie that everyone totally saw. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Will Ferrell is also one of those actors for me where it's hard for me to imagine a time when there was no Will Ferrell. Just like, yeah, I mean, I guess, but also like just that there was a time in his career where people weren't like, where he wasn't like, you know, a bankable movie star. Right. Yeah. 
what else you got in the kitchen stuff? I see a second pot on the stove. Yeah, this one over here, uh, we got bubbling away. This is one of Terrence Malick's favorite films. Thought that was kind of funny. He's got great <laughs> taste, let me tell you. He sure does. <laughs> and uh, we brought up uh, David Bowie earlier. He's also, it's great that he's a sponsor for the show. Super cool of him. Very cool. Um, Ben Stiller actually wrote that scene where he judges the walk-off before getting any uh, any permission or any anything like that from David Bowie. Just kind of hoping a prayer there with Ben Stiller. Love that. I read a, uh, just a little quote from him where he was like, the best working experience I ever had working on a movie was working with David Bowie. That he was like super, super cool and nice to everybody on set. Damn. Uh, and he wasn't expecting him to be because he's a super famous rock star. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently he was a really nice guy. Love to hear that. And finally, here the final pan simmering away on the stove. Uh, Derek Zoolander's blue steel look this evolved from uh, the look that Ben Stiller himself would make at himself, like, in the mirror while combing his hair. <laughs> and uh, it was made fun, like, he got made fun of by his wife, Christine Taylor, over it. And that's where the, the look itself evolved from. Like, he apparently was struggling with coming up with the look. Never, ever, <laughs> ever in my life have I been combing my hair in the mirror and making, like, a look that is worth noting at all. <laughs> well, maybe that you know of. Yeah, I next time you comb it. your hair, take a closer look at what your else. face is yeah. doing. It looks, it's it's blank. My expression is blank. And if anything, <laughs> maybe I'm sticking my tongue out trying to figure out why my hair looks so bad. <laughs> make, make the face you make. That was incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I know mm-hmm. for a fact that's not the face you make. <laughs> Yeah, listener, um, I bet that was really, really very satisfying. Very for good you, for yeah. you. <laughs> and now. And now. Madeline. Wait. Yes, well, by all means. I was going to say. These are fun facts, correct? Yeah, le- the- I know, and I know you've got more than one. Oh, wait a minute. I have Madeline something to add kitchen? to the kitchen. Something that I did not on. know until this rewatch when I was oh on the wiki, as I Whoa. am. Um, <laughs> this movie came out a couple weeks after 9-11. And they digitally removed the Twin Towers towers. from one of the shots. Um, Even though they filmed it prior to the attacks, they digitally removed the Twin Towers. Uh, That was Ben Stiller's decision. And I guess some people were kind of mad about it when they went to see the movie Mm -hmm. because they realized that they got digitally removed. But ultimately, I think it was the right choice. Does seem in better taste. Yeah. So good on Ben Stiller for that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of that's one of those things that must have been a really difficult thing to navigate at the time. Mm-hmm. Just sitting in the editing room. There used to be. Uh, this is not. This isn't Zoolander, but I mean, uh, the advertising for the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. There was an ad that used to run where Spider-Man like caught a helicopter between the twin towers in a huge web, and they that ran a lot before the movie came out because it was like two thousand two. Uh, and they had to, they pulled that marketing mm. and there, I think there used to be a scene where he like swang, swung past the twin towers or something. And that obviously was changed because there's like no semblance of them in that New York. Seth and Madeline, uh, Madeline and Seth, this is a bit that has never gotten old on anybody, especially not you listener. What's up? Uh, I think it's time for the one, two punch. What do you guys think? I do. I am very excited about the one, two punch here. Ding, ding. Hell ding, yeah. Ding, indeed. Um, 
I think my one-two punch for the movie mm-hmm. here, Nick, yes. is I think really... What about Madeline? I, it's, I am really excited about <laughs> it. For me, it was seeing Magnum, finally getting to see Magnum, and having that be preceded by a whole movie's worth of build-up for it. Mm-hmm. It was one long punch followed by a swift, strong punch. That was Magnum. Yeah. Oh, I see. So the first punch is the entire beginning of the movie. Exactly. Well, the beginning, entire movie middle, leading end. up to the reveal of Magnum. And then Magnum. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Magnum and then the return of Hansel's yo-yoing ability. Something that is only ever touched on at the very introduction <laughs> of that character. And Was he says, your... he says, taste my pain, bitch. <laughs> and throws the yo-yo. That's an incredible quote. <laughs> Somebody in that writer's room wrote that line and then they they backspaced and they were like, throws yo-yo. <laughs> um, was, that, was that your one-two punch of the movie? Nick? No, my one-two punch is uh, Derek Jr.'s, <laughs> Derek and Matilde's child. Derek Jr.'s first look, it's a blue steel <laughs> and followed quickly by the statue dedicated to Derek's friends having a gasoline fight. It's immediately like, Boom, baby blue steel. Boom, those guys who died at the beginning of the movie horribly, but in a gasoline fight. And that's a really funny joke. <laughs> boom, boom. One, two. Madeline, do you have a one, two punch for this movie? Do you have yes. questions regarding one, two punch before? <laughs> I think I got it. I think I okay. can do it. Um, yeah. of, my- all of, the, of all of the segments that we have in this show, one, two punch <laughs> is the one that people... <laughs> Most have been like, what? What is that? What is it? It's truly nebulous. <laughs> My one-two punch is also Magnum related, but it's the flip mm. side of that, which is the buildup of he has the same look over and over again. Mm-hmm. Nobody super clocks that. And finally, the second punch is when Mugatu calls it out and says the immortal line, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same look (laughs) over and over again. I love that line. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm taking crazy pills is such a unique thing to say in that moment. And me and the other Golden Girls used to say it a lot during college when stuff <laughs> would happen in our department that we didn't think aligned with the way we perceived reality. We would say, <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> it's also made better by the fact that Mugatu is deeply moved by Magnum after <laughs> destroying every other yeah. look. It's yeah. like a triple punch. It's yes. a truly immortal line. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Nick, uh, mm. who's spitting your soup? We're wrapping up the show, listener. <laughs> uh, hey, who's spitting my soup? Uh, <laughs> it's literally everything from the segment where we talked about what we su- made me suck my teeth. Uh, it, it's just like all the co- all the off color humor, all the humor that is off color today that is very of the era is spitting in my soup. Uh, so most specifically, it's Jerry Stiller being like. Look out, touchy squeeze is like that's that spit right in the soup, and it's like you've made this inedible, sir. Is it to the point where you can obviously tell that someone is spitting your soup? It's like a black tobacco spit. <laughs> and it's like how? Oh man, you're alive, and your spit is that color. 
Uh, <laughs> Madeline, who spit in your soup for this movie? The the bulimia conversation spit mm-hmm. in my soup. That was the biggest one. I think the other jokes for me, the next joke comes along so quickly that I can forget about what just happened. That one is an extended conversation about eating disorders mm-hmm. that does not do it in like a productive or cool way <laughs> at really all. Really just like <laughs> condoning eating disorders for the like... Cl- the closest yeah. we get is after that discussion when Derek apologizes to Matilda and says, I'm sorry if models made you feel bad about yourself. That's it. <laughs> wow. So that's that's spit in my soup. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> imagine a model looking at you and being like, I'm sorry if models made you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> and this is a woman he's in love with too. Yeah. <laughs> And you're Iconic. Like, yeah, they did actually. <laughs> Seth, who's spitting your soap? I think for the sake, of, I I agree with both of you uh, mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. But I think for the sake of variety, I think uh, seeing just like having a three way come out of nowhere <laughs> did spit in my soup a little bit. I mean, it's, it's just, more than a three way. Yeah, yeah, no, it it's gets, an orgy. It, 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 it it goes to some some pretty crazy places, mm-hmm. and I think. Um, a lot of it just uh, threw me off quite a little bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, but but Seth and Madeline, what made you say, uh, oh, my compliments to the chef? <laughs> what was really good in your soup this week? I think something that, uh, I think the strongest part of the movie to me was probably, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, I mean, I have to, you know, compliments to the chef. Uh, the gasoline fight will always have a place in my heart. But I think uh, Will Ferrell, I think, is the... He kind of, like, has... Like, he wakes me up through this movie. Not like that I get bored, but I think he's a breath of fresh air for me every time he comes on screen. And so I definitely think uh, Will Ferrell is probably, like, my favorite part of this movie, for Mm -hmm. sure. Madeline. I think my favorite part of this movie overall, my compliments to the chef, are... Honestly, the general structure of the movie, I know we talked about how it does feel like an extended sketch, but sometimes that is what I want, especially when I'm feeling not great. I want that like airplane style humor where it's just Mm. jokes and jokes and jokes and like story is there, but it's not the most important thing. We're just going to laugh. And as soon as you're finished, while you're laughing at one joke, the next joke comes. And I like that. Mm. Excellent. My compliments to the chef come in the form of the gasoline <laughs> fight. I simply could never, ever, <laughs> ever think of anything funnier in my head than like, uh, a like adults being like, Haha, I got some water on you. <laughs> and then that escalating so immediately to like, oh, <laughs> the process of the human mind went, huh, he got water on me. And the next logical step forward is for me to pour gasoline on him. And that is very funny. <laughs> and like that to me is very funny. <laughs> and so my compliments yes. to the chef on this gasoline soup. <laughs> on a gasoline <laughs> soup. It's gasoline soup. I feel uh, like the gasoline is one of everyone's favorite ingredients in this soup right mm-hmm. now is the gasoline. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly yeah. agree. The soup is the gas mm-hmm. for lack of a better phrase. Nice. Uh, We found ourselves here at the end of the show for our final segment. 
soupiest performance. Seth and Madeline and myself. I'm asking myself this time too. It's <laughs> introspective. What was y'all's soupiest performance? Wow. I think for me, soupiest performance is going to have to go to, I think, Alexander Skarsgård for me. Mikas! <laughs> I think, to me, this soup is one that, it's humble beginnings, I think. Maybe not so humble because his the soup's dad is Stellan Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the kind of soup that starts off as one thing. And slowly uh, takes a lot of steroids and goes to the gym a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, like, really flips the script (laughs) on the audience and turns into something that you really never thought it could be. Something far more brutal and, like, dirty. A soup like that. (laughs) Mm, A delicious, dirty soup. (laughs) Nick, who is your soupiest performance for this film? Soupiest performance for me has got to be Will Ferrell. Um, He is a feral man (laughs) in this movie. (laughs) Uh, and I think it's also not dissimilar from what you're saying, but even in the character of Mugatu, he comes from nothing and he invents the, wait for it, piano necktie. And uh, I forgot all about the piano necktie. He invents the keyboard slash piano necktie and is rocketed into stardom and literally didn't exist before that. And for me, it's a, it's a self-made soup, a real American dream. <laughs> Madeline, (laughs) what's your soupiest performance? Before I say mine, let me also add, Mugatu was once in the 80s new wave band Frankie Goes to Hollywood. That's right. (laughs) They say that about his character. (laughs) He was in a new wave band, got kicked out, and still made a life for himself. (laughs) The American dream. Yes. Um, My soupiest performance is actually going to go to someone who we haven't talked a lot about in this movie, but I'm always surprised by their performance, is Mila Jovovich. She Mm, is Katinka. And I feel like I don't usually see her do stuff this comedic. What else Um, is Mila Jovovich in? I'm not familiar with her. She's in The Fifth Element. Oh. Oh. Really? (laughs) Yeah, she's Lilu in the Fifth Element. Huh. I've never. She is I've like a, a serious actress. <laughs> she, for the record, everybody, she is like a serious yeah. actress. Oh, and she's in all the Resident Evil movies. Mm. Yeah, so she's in, in like a ton confused. of stuff. Yeah, and I think I always kind of just forget that she's also in this movie. They really made her up where she's indistinguishable. You can't super tell that it's her. But I think she Mm -hmm. really commits to the part of Katinka. Um, And I don't think – it's a small part, and I think she was already famous enough at that point that she didn't need to take that small of a part. But she Mm -hmm. did, and she killed it, and she committed to it. So Mila Jovovich gets two thumbs up for me. Much respect, Mila Jovovich. Thank you, listener. And mm-hmm. thank you, Madeline, for joining us on this soup <laughs> adventure. <laughs> thank you Indeed. both for having Indeed. me. This was so much fun. Oh of my course. Goodness. And hopefully we can have you back on the show very soon. Yes. Uh, this episode is in reference to Me Time. Starring exactly. Kevin yes. Hart and Marky Mark. 
We will be having uh, a Soup of the Day ep- episode about uh, Me Time, the upcoming Kevin Hart film uh, and Marky Mark film. Can't wait uh, to see which that. Which is actually coming out, uh, is it August 26th, I believe? Yes. Yes. That is the date. <laughs> Excellent. And we'll be having Madeline, I believe, back on to discuss that film as well. Excellent. So thanks so much for coming on the show today, Madeline. And thank you, Nick, thank for you coming guys. on the show, too. <laughs> thanks. Uh, <laughs> and thank you, listener, for tuning in. Uh, thanks for being a regular, and we'll see you next time. Bye.